Outdoor Zone with DJ and Cody Ryan, live from the bunkhouse. There's a place up ahead and I'm going, just as fast as my feet can fly. Come away, come away, you get going, leave the sinking ship behind me. All right. Good morning, everybody. It's beautiful Sunday morning, 7.01 a.m., and this is the Outdoor Zone, live in the bunkhouse. 7.02. Yeah. 7.02. Beep, beep, beep. Point Update. Two. Yeah. Are you going to do that every time the clock changes? <laughs> no. It's you just started an it. old tin shack on the back of the ranch, but we call it home right here every Sunday morning on the Outdoor Zone Radio Network. You can catch us all week long, 24-7-365, and share us with your friends at the Outdoor Zone dot com and on all your audio media itunes spotify beep, wow beep, keep beep. going and soundcloud my name is tj grady that is cody ryan good morning beefsteaks in the house oh yeah and road rash is the ranch hand that gets here early and makes sure all the gates get open and the old pot belly stove gets fired up we also have a good friend in the house from north carolina it's precious <laughs> Precious, Precious morning, is morning, in the house. <laughs> All right. Are you really going to go with that one? <clears throat> well, heck yeah, that's his name. Or we could go with your new nickname from yesterday. What? You know, remember Nogales when we were talking about the... No Politas? Yeah. Oh, yeah, what was it? TJ Politas. TJ Politas, that's Precious. No, that is... Uh, what is Politas? No, I know what it is, but it, there are... So... My wife said that it's like tiny, small, but endearing. I'm endearing. endearing. She said it's like saying little Donnie. Petite. You know, like, oh, little TJ. Oh, that's so TJ Litos. TJ Litos. So anyways, that's where we're going to make that one stick. Litos. We're going to make that stick. Cody, since you weren't there yesterday... When I had the big beefsteak brunch rollout, oh my gosh! So you uh, you, you missed it. You oh don't get man, a you don't I'm get really a new nickname. Sad. So Friday night we had the kids outdoor zone hunting and fishing gala, the eleventh annual fundraiser. Extravaganza. and um, yeah, had it out at TDS. It went off 
apparently went off without a hitch. Well, TDS, as Cody would say right now, he'll jump in and go, let's paint that picture. So TDS, even though it is a landfill, they've chosen to take a whole bunch of it and make it into a wildlife um, wild game preserve. Wild game preserve. Yeah. Yep. And there's there, there's zebras. It's just like running it, rolling through the Serengeti out there. It's a really and, cool piece of property. So we did that, and then Saturday morning, or sun, Saturday morning, that was Friday night. Saturday morning, we did a breakfast for all the out of town guests and uh, anybody that just wanted to come by and see um, see what the KOZ office, the world headquarters, look like and. Uh, Beefsteak and cheesecake were in charge <laughs> of making the uh, breakfast, setting up breakfast, and it was the precious. Was that not the spread of spreads? I mean, I have to say, if you're gonna get a, a good breakfast wild game taco anywhere, it'd have to be in Texas. Come on, yeah, we had some uh, elk. We had elk barbacoa, which is different. Cody, you would. I was going to bring one for you. Your wife's full Hispanic or <laughs> what, what do you mean by full? One hundred percent. Actually, hey, how well, much? Hey. How much Hispanic your wife got? <laughs> She's actually one hundred twenty-five percent. Just yeah. to let you know. Okay, so. that don't add up. <laughs> I ain't good her at math or so, anything. So uh. we went. You know, for her birthday, we got her a little concealed carry for. At the pawn shop. Did she get it? or <laughs> She went and bought it herself. I paid the last payment on it. You paid, right. but she, you, she called you one day and said, hey, I'm gonna. I'm at the pawn shop. I think I'm just going to buy a gun. Right. She just called you randomly. She just... Women, uh, they actually had an article come out this week that women's uh, firearm purchases are up higher than they've ever been right now. And I thought about cheesecake. Women hmm. buying firearms... Oh, that is on their own. It's awesome. as high as it's ever been right now. That's good. Yeah. That's well, great. It's good for most of us. It's bad for some guys, I think, you know. Yep. So when we were <laughs> filling that out the... That old boy that, that messes with the wrong girl yeah. gets a, a lead castration, changing from a rooster to a hen, and <laughs> one pull of the trigger. So we were filling out the background paperwork. You know, that you have to do to purchase a gun, or she was, I should say. I wasn't doing it for her. And one of the things they ask, you know, where were you born? And she was born on a military base in Panama, in the Panama Canal. And uh, so they even have a spot for that. Like, it's out of country. And they're like, no, it really isn't out of country. That's a uh, Providence or something. Yeah. Uh, So, anyway, she put down Panama, and they're like, no problem. It's it's awesome. And then every time I bring that up that she was born out of the country, she says, I'm more American than you are. My dad fought in in Vietnam and he was shot six times and my and she goes on and on and on. So You gotta hit the table. Oh, sorry, man. Oh, that, I didn't that's pull out his, the gun. Uh, exclamation point. <laughs> Jeez. So and, uh, it's been a long, long uh few days for everybody. Uh precious actually Lynn, <laughs> but I like Precious better. I'm all right with Precious. If my his wife is here, she now where are you? Uh, introduce yourself to everybody. You're from North Carolina. I am from North Carolina. My name is Lynn TV Paul from North Carolina. It's a little town called Taylorsville, North Carolina. I grew up in an even smaller little area 
just north of Taylorsville that is called Vashti. Vashti. Where'd that come from? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I think they pulled it out of a rabbit hole somewhere, um, but uh, it's about the size of it. Yeah. Um, it's a, a nice, quaint little place, uh, farmland all over, which is basically about three quarters owned by one gentleman now. So, <laughs> perfect. Smart guy. That's right. Yeah. By low, sell high. Oh, he ain't selling. <laughs> so, y'all, do y'all have uh, gas and oil? Do y'all have mineral rights and stuff like that that you have to deal with? Uh, no, out there somewhere. No, there ain't, there ain't much of that out that no. that direction. On, do you own the minerals on your farm? Do you know? I mean, I would say, but and I think if it ain't in writing, you get. Well, you no, don't think, have any idea how it works up there. I mean, it could be right. a totally different. It's Texas setup. is just different. Texas is way is different. Is it than really else. water yeah. rights? Shocking. Water rights. You buy a piece of rights. land somewhere else. And well, in Colorado, you own that piece of land, yeah. Colorado, and everything under it, and everything above it, and everything, and then the water it. on it, and everything, right? Yeah. Colorado, in Texas, in Texas, what they did was they had a guy years ago that figured out he could break those things up <laughs> in theory and started selling those parts and pieces, and it kind of just made it up, is what I heard, and then it became common practice after people realized that. You can. I think it was somebody trying to figure out how to make more money. Off well, that's property. what he did. He yeah. he did. He bought all this land and he sold a bunch of land and kept the minerals and and, but put it in writing in a certain way that had never been done before. Nobody knew anything about it, and uh, then it became common practice yeah. after that. And that in water, right? Yeah, water. And like, I know in Colorado, um, your uncle owns a bunch of. The, He's pointing he kept at the water right now. Yes, so. he, he kept <laughs> the water rights to a bunch. Yeah. Uh, and New Mexico he kept the water rights to a bunch of his stuff. I think Colorado, but I know New Mexico. Anyway, well, <clears throat> glad to have you in the house with this precious. We'll talk to you a little more about kind of the outdoors there. We got a we got an international call coming in uh, at the second hour today. Should be at the top of the hour if he can if we can get all the numbers and. Times right. Yeah, did we where get they uh, are on the equator or something? Did we get uh, one of those prepaid phone cards to him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how he's going to do it. He I said think something about Skype. Collect. I think he's calling in collect. <laughs> well, as long as he calls in four 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 beefsteak, it'll be all right. Uh, but uh, we're gonna have a call from um, from a good buddy of our Shane Townsend, Shane Townsend, outdoor rider. I think he's in Guy- Guyana or Kenya. In, oh, he's in. Ke- oh, yeah, he's back in Kenya. He's going to call in. He just went on a bill fishing trip, and uh, the last couple of days he's been on a bill fishing trip. And so, I mean, I don't. It's a. He lives an amazing life. He he you works out of the country, but he is so intentional about experiencing the uh, outdoors where he is. He did a a mountain trip in Kenya somewhere where they hiked up this mountain to these lakes that had trout. And so he, he did this trip where, you know, it was about hiking up the mountain, looking to, on like Google earth to find these different mountain lakes. To it, fish. I mean, I just, mm. I love that. Yeah. Of course he's, he's started his writing outdoor journalism career and now he's writing for some really cool rags. He's wrote for field and stream, did a, did an article for field and stream last year on hatchets. And what you can do with hatchets, how, you know, all the different stuff an outdoor guy can do. Hmm. You know, it's a, a, a field and stream style article, which I love 
I love Field and Stream and uh you know that that one pagers that they do they're just killer. He's the guy that takes a crossbow with him also. Yeah, he he, he bow hunts barefoot or no in his socks. Yeah, a lot of guys do that. We stalk. talked about Alan McGraw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has, has done that before. Spot um, and stalk in stalking. your in your socks. I've done that in my underwear before. That's a different deal. They're doing they want it to, talk to about that. Uh, increase their odds of killing. You're doing it because you're because you're weird. One with <laughs> nature it just boils down. By the way, I want to bring it up, TJ. What Go ahead, a, just what say a it now. Wonder, wonderful, say it. beautiful gala. That, that y'all had at KOZ. It was amazing. I know you brought it up at the very beginning, but I wanted to tell you, man, that you just, y'all, God was just right in the center of it. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. Congratulations. Bravo, bravo, bravo. Man, it just means the world to hear that from you because I know that uh, you're somebody who would tell me if there was some some missteps. I didn't have one thing to say, so Golly. bravo. Man. Bravo. That's a good one. Well, hey, it's uh, we're coming up uh, in the next. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and but on the flip side, we're gonna talk Cody. He just got back from down at Amistad, and a lot of man, I'm seeing a lot of fishing news coming across the wire right now. Fishing season, baby, it's happening it's right on. now. Something else with the way society is pounding on our gun rights, it's imperative that we support our local gun shops, the ones we trust with our constitutional rights. McBride's Guns. They're family-owned and operated full-service firearm dealer. They've got a gunsmith right there on site. You'll find McBride's in the same place it's been for years, right there at the corner of 30th and Lamar. Give them a call, 472-3532. That's 512-472-3532 or online, McBride'sGuns.com. McBride's Guns, your hometown gun shop. We'll talk fishing on the flip side. Stick around. Catch it right here. 24-7-365 24-7-365 at theoutdoorzone.com. Hey, American Blood Brothers. This is Ted Nugent on the Outdoor Zone, live from the bunkhouse with my blood brother, TJ. Whack them and stack them, would you? All right, welcome back, Regulators. This is the number one outdoor show on radio. Austin's hottest new restaurant, Shore Raw Bar and Grill. My buddy's uh, Rick Wahlberg. I saw him out at our KOZ event Friday night. Good to see him out there. Um, These guys are serving up regional coastal cuisine, combining flavors from Texas, Louisiana, and Mexico. There's not a better restaurant in town right now. I love this place. The weather's going to be good today. You can go out there and enjoy that pet-friendly patio. Um, they got lunch and dinner every day and a killer brunch on Saturday and Sunday. Maybe roll out there after church on Sunday. Don't miss their desserts and house-made breads or to die for. Go see my buddy Rick Wahlberg or Jim Snyder out there. They invite you out to the shore Raw Bar and Grill. They're on Highway 71 West at the Covered Bridge, just west of the Y in Oak Hill. The Shore Raw Bar and Grill. Go to shoreatx.com for more information. Shoreatx.com for more information. Man, we are smack dab in the Lunkerville. Middle of fishing season, baby. It is happening. It is. Uh, I was. I was on Lake Amstead yesterday. Amistad. I call it Amstead. 
That's the southern name for Lake Amistad. You just call it whatever you want. It's out of uh, Del Rio Bass Champs South. The second Bass Champs South uh, tournament of the year happened yesterday. And, uh, man, place is fishing a lot better. Uh, It's starting to get better. It's starting to get better weight-wise. Last year, uh, we cashed several treks with 12 pounds, five fish for 12 pounds. And and this year, uh, well, we brought 12 pounds to the scale and missed a check line. So fishing's getting better. It's taking 13, 14 (laughs) pounds to get a check uh, now. So you're having to up your game a little bit. Um, I don't know if the fishing's getting better, uh, the fish are getting bigger. I, I mean, you know, Lake Amistad still, still is not up to its, living up to its name. Uh, you sh- when it was in its prime, catching 18 to 20 pounds of fish on your best five was, you know, probably not even getting a check. So uh, it's still not living up to its prime, but it's getting better. You had a nice. You had a nice fish in that in that live well, though. Well, uh, I did. That had I to did. be encouraging to put a big fish in there. It was, and that's what made uh, that's what made it possible to drive home last night after the <laughs> tournament and not fall asleep. Just replaying, uh, catching that big fish up shallow and super clear water, and I watched the whole thing happen. And oh, uh, uh, she, you know, that big old seven pounder just rolls up and chomps your bait and about jerks the rod out of your hand and you watch it all happen and you're freaking out in your mind trying to decide whether it's a bass that really ate that or if you're stuck on that tree that's right under the water or uh, your rod's boat over and yeah, so how so. much fishing did you actually do off of your cell phone app <laughs> no i man i i uh I get after it. When it's time to go, it's time to go. My arms are worn out from making casts. 18 mile an hour southeast winds blowing down Lake Amistad yesterday. Oh, so the. Sustained. So. Your trolling motor got to work out. Yeah, I was going to say, how did the GPS trolling system work? Yeah, that. uh, Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, it was necessity. It just go up and down. Well, I just, you know, you get on an area you want to stay in, and it'll stay within three feet of there, and you just punch a button, and so you can fish off the back of the boat or whatever. I mean, you still got to move around, you know? You can't just lock down and soak a bobber out the back of the boat, you know, when you're fishing a tournament. But still, mm. it uh, at times, if you need to get down and tie some new baits on, you know, you're not getting blown halfway across the lake while you're, you know, doing stuff. So, man, it's a... Game yeah, I've said it fifteen wow. times since I've had it. It's it's the best tool I've I've had in fishing in a, a long time since the boat was designed. Now, how does know? that how does that weigh on your troll motor battery though? Because you know, I'm I mean, sure it's it weighs down, running. but but so far so far I've not had that issue. You know, I haven't had an issue with them, and they've lasted all day. So so we'll see. We'll so see. So did. Uh, who is that, Minn Kota, that owns that? Yeah, and they, they all have those kind of motors now, I believe. They're all... I was wondering whoever came up with that, if they if they had patented that well, for a period of time to... Because, well, man, that'd be... Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, they've had it for years, come to find out, in the saltwater world. And, I mean, it's kind of the same way with power poles. Uh, when they first came out, mm-hmm. they were geared towards saltwater guys, and... And the same kind of technology for the trolling motor was out with the saltwater guys, and 
finally a bass guy, I guess, clicks and goes, "Hey, man, that'd be cool over here too. Let me get, <laughs> let me get one of them." And uh, and then it's you know kind of fires over. So they designed one specifically for bass fishermen. You know that trolling motor. We've talked about it for weeks. It's yeah, it's, it's a it's a cool deal. Well, it has been one. out for a couple of years. I just haven't had one. Yeah. You know, and now there's new trolling motor manufacturers. Garmin's making a trolling motor. Lowrance is making a trolling motor. I mean, there's there's other trolling motor companies out there now too. So, uh, lots of options. But Bass Champs, great day. Uh, my buddy Will and uh, Ross won. They won with 21 pounds, and uh, they had a uh, those guys just man, they flat out catch them. They've they've won a couple couple two three tournaments in the last year or two. Uh, Bass Champs tournament, so a great event. Twenty-one pounds, still something you know. The average guy can go out and catch. You know, she's got to catch a couple it was big like ones. Twenty-five or thirty now that people always talk about. Yeah, well, or last year. I depends say. on where you are. And what's depends going on? Where on. you are? Thirty-one pounds yesterday uh, was weighed in at the uh, Harris Chain of Lakes in the FLW uh, Pro Circuit. My buddy <clears throat> talked to my buddy TR last night, who fishes the FLW Pro Circuit, and. Uh, he said, man, changing conditions, they canceled the day. So today is the final day of the pro circuit. It's uh, the... Well, uh, we know what you'll be doing today. I'll be watching a little <laughs> bit of that. But uh, 31 pounds by this Laramie Strickland out of Florida this guy uh, caught yesterday. 31 pounds to skyrocket him into One first day. place. Wow. One day, 31 pounds. Yeah. If that wasn't enough, if that's not enough, I'll tell you what's taken over the fishing talk. I was told, so I'm going across the weigh-in stage yesterday at Bass Champs, right? I got my fish, I'm going across the stage, and uh, Chad Potts, the you know owner and or president and CEO and uh, uh, good friend, good friend at at stage weighing fish, and and he doesn't pass the mic to me. He throws the mic to the other side of him and says, "Hey, did you hear what happened at Rayburn?" To you. So, to me, to yeah, you. after I just weighed in, you know, he's like, 12 pounds, 20, 12.22 pounds. Good job, Cody. And then puts the mic down and goes, hey, did you hear what happened at Rayburn? I said, what? He goes, 49 pounds. Whoa. Somebody just weighed in almost 50 pounds, 49 and a half pounds at Rayburn. I said, what? <laughs> he goes, I know. All right, uh, next up <laughs> on the stage. <laughs> And uh, it was just funny, you know. But that was that was that was some Texas team trail. Oh, it was yeah. Texas team trail. Yeah, Texas team trail. Big uh, big trail that uh, Cabela's has sponsored for years and and travels all over Texas. A big team trail, and uh, yeah, forty nine and a half, forty nine. Uh, and a half, five pounds. ten pound bass. Yeah, they had a, a twelve oh. or a. They had a 12 and an 11, and then a couple of 9s and an 8 or wow. something like that is what it, what I heard that it came. Yeah. Oh, my God. A, le, a 12 and 11, uh, and, and apparently they caught it. They caught them all in 30 minutes. They pulled up on this spot. Nobody was around. They caught them, and then they left. And weighed in at 10.15 in the morning, went and had lunch no, at no, Arby's. No, no, and... I'm sure they <laughs> drove around and... And fish. I'd be man, but I'd be so nervous. You have big fish like that in your live well. Yeah, they matter weighed some of them in early. You're right. I, they very well. Made me. I'd be scared of that. But uh, can is there you, a, 
Is there a rule about that? I mean, if you catch them big, and can you go what, like weigh in part of it and then yeah, let yeah, them yeah, release? Oh, you can. Yeah, absolutely. Just to get them out of your live well to keep yeah. them alive. Yeah, most safe. tournaments uh, you can either call the tournament director, or if they know that it's a big bag, you know, if everybody's smashing giant bags at Falcon years ago, it was a rule they would have a uh, if you caught one that was close to ten or over ten, you were supposed to. If it was early enough in the day, you were supposed to come back and weigh that fish in and so they could go ahead and release it and release it or put it at least in yeah, their but tanks. How many people yeah. want to do that, right? A lot of guys. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one, you can't fit all those fish in your live well. well yeah. and, and that when you're catching eight to ten pounders regularly, you know, I mean I had three at that time I caught three bags over forty pounds. You know? I mean they weren't forty nine pounds. That's kind of a whole new level. That's reaching a well, whole new but level. That, that, but it, it seems to me like, you know, a guy wouldn't want to leave his spot either, though. You know, if you're way up the river or something like that, there's a whole bunch of parts and pieces to that hole. <laughs> yeah, but... When you start catching those big ones like that. Uh, uh, Brian Shook and Danny Isles are the ones who caught it. Danny Isles is the stepson to uh, an, a, a uh, FLW Pro Circuit angler. And uh, Stephen Johnson, he's his stepson. Thing I've always heard, I've always heard great things about Danny Isles. I don't know Brian Shook, great guy. I'm sure Brian if he's fishing Shook's with local from for me. Yeah, FLW. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, All right, precious, come on. <laughs> you know him? Yeah, Danny. Well, we, we fished in tournaments before with him in there. The the Frogger. Yeah, he had the Frog Tog uh, rap okay. on his stuff. Yeah. Well, Danny Isles is a young guy that I've heard nothing but great things about. I've heard that he doesn't have any aspirations to go pro at any level, but he comes out here and smashes giant bags on Sam Rayburn, his local <laughs> hometown lake, quite often. And at forty over forty nine pounds to win that tournament yesterday, and uh, yeah, apparently they wanted to leave. They caught those fish. They wanted to leave before anybody saw them on the secret spot. <laughs> So that's the deal. That's why you leave, uh, right? You want to? You don't want anybody to see you, and then they hear you weigh in forty nine pounds, and they're like, "Wait, I saw you out off of uh-huh. that point over." Yeah. yeah. Then all of a sudden, your spot's not near as good. The new public, yeah, hole. it's a, yeah community hole at that point. Everyone at some point needs to have their vehicle repaired. It can be hard to find a mechanic you can trust. Our friends at Sun Automotive are somebody you can trust. Family-owned and operated auto repair and maintenance company since 1978. Uh, Let's see here. Each and every person at Sun Auto works hard to demonstrate that they take pride in what they do and want to be the place you bring your vehicle anytime it needs scheduled maintenance or repairs. Go check them out. They got locations all around Central Texas. Our family locations, the one over at 405 West Slaughter Lane. There's one at 1300 Medical Parkway in Cedar Park, one at 1403 Rivery Boulevard in Georgetown, and Lakeway Ranch Road, 1206 Ranch Road, 620. Just follow them at sunautoservice.com, sunautoservice.com on their Facebook page. They got a ton of great stuff going on on their Facebook page, maintenance tips and the such. All right, Outdoor News of the Weird coming up next, followed by Gabe Warren Field Notes. All your favorites still left, 7.30 a.m. It is the Outdoor Zone. You're listening to us live right here from 7 to 9 on Sundays or 24 67 at theoutdoorzone.com. 
I'm Andy Morgan, and I fish FLW, and you're listening to the Outdoor Zone. All right, welcome back. It's the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. Regulators, you're tuned into the deer shooting, flounder gigging, dove blasting, hog dogging, bass catching, mountain climbing, fly fishing, four wheeling, or drilling. Junkie Outdoor Zone radio show broadcast to you live from the bunkhouse. You can track us all week long at theoutdoorzone.com. McBride's Guns, the way society's wrong, wrong, archery country. Oh, <laughs> hey, did Man. you see the. Uh, bow that we had yeah our buddy got that and i went over there to him and i said you know i don't think people understand with this gar fishing deal that you got for seven hundred dollars you got a bow with it yeah and it was a, a matthews bow it was a rigged out genesis and Man. so our buddies over at archery country have those bow fishing bows ready to go and they're That's the awesome. gen i think that's the genesis elite and man. uh man Super cool. Even Mrs. Graney said, wow, now that's cool. Did it have some bling or something on it? Uh, no, it was just, <laughs> yeah. she just thought it was a cool rig. One of the fastest growing sports in the country is archery. Central Texas, there's only one true archery shop, and that's archery country. Uh, whether you're an avid bow hunter chasing elk, whitetail bear, game around the world, archery country is the place to get your gear. Uh, you can get uh, all your crossbow gear at Archery Country as well. Go find out anything you need to know about archery. If you're trying to find something for your kids to get involved in, Archery Country is the place to go to get all the information on what's going on in schools and private lessons. 8121 Research Boulevard right there in, uh, off of Research and uh, north of 183. Uh, AustinArcheryCountry.com for all the details. Austin Archery Country. Dot com for all the details. Now it's time for this week's <laughs> news of the weird. Weird. Huh? Wild, weird, strange, and crazy things can happen in the outdoors. We seek them out and bring them to you each and every week. It's time for the Outdoor Zone's Outdoor News of the Weird. So I was going to talk about the... Um, I wanted to talk about the... Um, big alligator gar those guys caught, but I think I'm going to save that till next week because we got uh, Lynn TV Paw in the bunkhouse with us, nicknamed Precious, and he's pretty weird. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He's probably got some <laughs> weird from, stories. Huh? Well, no, North Carolina, North Carolina. North. That's that's weird, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, look, I'm only weird. saying it's weird because it's like north of Dallas, Texas, <laughs> and you get up there and people get different. You know what I mean? It's all in the water. It's all <laughs> in the water. <laughs> so, uh, but, Lynn, I really wanted to take advantage of this opportunity. So, in in the state of Texas, we don't hunt a lot out of tree stands. I mean, we have a little bit of that, but most of our stuff is, as you call them, shooting houses. I was well, wondering what he you said. Know, honestly, I call them box stands. Box but, stands, shooting know, houses, tr- deer stands. I, I have to talk a little different every once in a while when I go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we didn't understand that this morning. We go, my shooting house has the well, same stuff. I that's, know exactly that's a Rick what McGee. it was. That's a Rick McGee term. Yeah, that's right. That's a northern thing. That's right. Uh, that's right. A northern that's thing. Northern. Virginia. Yeah, Virginia. Yeah. 
But so where they won't um, have guns soon. You so. have a, an incredible story about um, that where you were setting up for your hunt and you were setting up your tree stand and uh, pegs up the side of the tree and you have this, you know, getting your spot set up and getting ready for your deer season. And, uh, and you had the number one accident for bow hunters is the tree stand. Yeah. It's falling out. Um, of the tree. And, and I mean, I, I was told, I was told in the emergency room, in the ER, when I was taken in there that, the number one fall accident is tree stand related, hunting related. Yeah. And so, and you didn't even get a chance to get up into the tree stand and strap yourself in or do nope. any of that stuff. You're on your way up. So can you share with everybody the, uh, just w- what did that morning look like? What were, what was the, what happened that day? Well, it was actually an evening. It was, uh, August 24th in 2016. And I was just doing some preparation work, getting ready for the upcoming season, which our bow season started the the first weekend of September that year. Um, And, uh, you know, this is one of the stands that I didn't have a chance to get into earlier and try to get any trimming and everything done for shooting lanes and stuff like that with my bow. And, uh, you know, I was old school. That's the way I was raised with my dad and the the way that, that we done things and a lot of times growing up, climbing into a stand, there may be very few what we call foot pegs um, that we would even use. A lot of trees, we would climb the limbs, you know, in and out <laughs> and up and down. I mean, it was pretty pretty crazy stuff, especially in the wintertime when we're just looking like marshmallows trying to climb up a hickory tree, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, the old traditional uh, foot pegs that we used had like a little auger bit and it come off in an L-shaped bracket that you just screw them into the tree and you just screw flip them, them down and climb and, on up and you know putting putting a stand up or putting a stand down you know we didn't have the climbing gear we didn't have the um the, the set harness, that would go yeah. around your you know like lineman gear right you know and we'd we'd climb up put foot pegs in our pockets and as we went up we would screw one in take a mm-hmm. step up hold on to the tree with your other arm screw it in you know it was Mm. Pretty crazy if if you would you know look at it, but that's just the way that I was raised doing that's it. That's right, and just tradition. Uh, you know that day I was going in and you know trying to get some prep work done, and I had my harness, but I didn't have what they have now is a lifeline, mm-hmm. you know, set up on there to where I could be hooked up from the ground all the way into the stand. So as I got all the way to the top, um, you know, it was at eighteen feet was the last foot peg where I was at. And you had to grab a hold of the tree and pull all your weight up and on that one peg and then step into the stand. And as I got all my weight pulled all the way up, it immediately at that point um, give way. You know, I mean, it's just yeah. a trap door that's come out from under you. And, you know, it's it's a scary feeling. It all happens really, really fast. You know, when they talk about your life flashing before your eyes, um, it's happening fast, but then at the same time, it's still in slow motion too. And, uh, you know, all these thoughts start running through your head and an 18 foot drop, you know, 200 pound man, it don't take long to hit the ground. You wouldn't think, but it feels like it. Though, um, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I try to clinch onto the tree and do everything I can to, to stay up there. And as I'm falling, I know that there's foot pegs below me. I don't want to hit one, but I want to do everything I can to maybe possibly grab a hold of one too, to keep me from from hurting myself and then uh about 18 feet 
or eight feet from the ground, I caught one in the throat, the left side, mm. below my jaw. And uh, it it immediately just felt like somebody just uppercutted me. It was a pain, but it was a numbing pain because of all the nerve damage that it done. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, it went in and it ripped through my esophagus, um, ripped through my tonsils and went up in the roof of my mouth and mm. back out just that fast. And it ripped a, a nine inch gash um, across my my throat. And, uh, you know, I hit the ground and from there it was a, a fight for my life. Were you knocked out or just? Uh... No, I was I was conscious the whole way until they put me under for surgery. Um, and so now you, when you fell and and you hit the ground and you're shaking up and you're just kind of like, OK, what's going on? But you from from there, you you realized you were bleeding and this was not a good thing and you knew you needed to get in your truck and you needed to get somewhere and your cell phone worked in the top of the tree stand but didn't work on the ground and um so you had to make your way to your truck yep yeah i mean when i when i hit the ground you know i mean it was yeah it was i was shaking up you know real real bad i didn't know how bad i was hurt and you know whenever i i got up i tried to walk and you know, my leg was hurting, so I knew at that point that I was hurt a little worse, and I, I then I immediately I saw the blood at that point, and I reached up, and I could feel open flesh probably six inches from mm. my chin, Man. and I I just I thought it was the worst, you know, so um, I turned and started crawling. I crawled about 140 yards out to my car and uh, got in the truck and, and drove out to the neighbors, and that's where they called 911 for me. Well, we're gonna we're gonna Man. come back and finish this Could story. Could you talk? Could you talk when very very little? It was it was very slurred. Well, when we come back, we'll we'll uh, talk a little bit more. We got uh, Lynn TV Paul in here. He's a Kids Outdoor Zone KOZ guy from uh, North Carolina, and we're just talking about the tree stands. We got to come back. We're gonna do some uh, news. Uh, game warden field notes. Game warden field notes and more. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Just because it's a new year doesn't mean you have to miss out on a great deal on a new Honda because your Central Texas Honda dealers will get you off to a fast start in 2020 with great year-beginning savings on a new Honda. So get where you're going with a deal you'll like and a Honda you'll love, like the 2020 Honda Civic that is KBB.com's best buy of 2020 in the compact car category. And best of all, every ass, every Honda comes standard with Honda Sensing, our suite of safety and driver-assisted features. Get where you're going in a Honda. So if you're envious, don't be. Buy a new Honda today from your Central Central Texas Honda dealers online at centraltexashondadealers.com. Get where you're going in a Honda. For more information, visit kellybluebookskvb.com. Kelly Blue Book is registered trademark. Kelly Blue Book Company Incorporated. All right. When we come back on the flip side... More with uh, Precious TV Paul and uh, his story and Game Warden Field Notes. Only one place live in a bunkhouse. Sunday morning, 7 to 9 or 24-7-365. TheOutdoorZone.com. Hey, I'm Randall Tharp, and I fish FLW. You're listening to the Outdoor Zone. Fish on. Walk along the river. 
All right, welcome back. It's the Outdoor Zone Live in the Bunkhouse. Now Maxwell Super Center. Bigger savings, more inventory, and thousands off of the new Ram trucks at the Now Maxwell Super Center. How about that 2020-2019 Ram 1500 Texas Outdoor Texas Auto Riders Association's Truck of the Year for 2019-2020. Better performance, more efficiency, new technology, and more than 100 safety features. And if you like to travel or spend your day at the lake or on the ranch, this truck's perfect for you. It can tow more than 12,500 pounds. Super center size selection and savings at the number one Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram sales leader in Central Texas. That's our buddies over at Nile Maxwell Super Center, 620 and 183 in Austin, or visit them online at com. Let's hold off on uh, Gabe Morton <coughs> Field Notes and uh, finish the tree stand crawlout story yeah. with so, Precious. We're <laughs> our buddy uh, Lynn TV Paul's in the bunkhouse with us, and he was uh, telling us the story about jumping, uh, jumping up, getting ready for uh, bow season there in North Carolina, and uh, well, he's setting up one of his tree stands. The foot peg gave way underneath him, and he's laying on the ground. No, he's making his making his way up to his truck. With an eight-inch gash in his throat and all that gnarly stuff, so you got in your. You, and interestingly enough, you turned your truck around and it was facing out, which you never did. Man, there's there's so many. There's so many little pieces that like that. You know, and you don't think about it until afterwards. You know, you start going through all of it. But yeah, and um, you and you got out. You got you got to a neighbor's and they called Life Flight to come and get you. Is that what? Well, they called 911 there, the, the emergency line, and, um, you know, immediately dispatched out uh, the first responders, local first responders there with the um, fire department. And, you know, they they come out first, and, I, you know, sitting there in a chair is what the EMS on the phone, uh, the dispatchers told the lady, you know, the neighbor to make sure that I'd sit down and um, just the try The last to, thing you want to do is, I mean, you got, what's going on with this big old gash in your neck? Well, um, it was horrifying, that's for sure, because the look on her face and the look on the, the first responder's face when he rounded the corner in front of me, I, I've, I've known that gentleman for a long time. And to see that horrific sight on in his eyes, I knew it had to be all <gasps> So when I was in my motorcycle wreck, I did not want to look at what uh, what the injury was. Were you the same way you didn't like look in the rearview mirror? No, and check it out. I didn't, you didn't, I didn't want to look know. at it. I didn't look at it. Yeah, I, didn't, um, didn't I mean, I, I figured it was it was pretty bad, um, <laughs> you know. Um, but you know, I mean, they they got there and and assessed everything, and you know, got out the the galls and that kind of stuff, and got me wrapped up, awaiting the the EMS to get there, and I started going into shock, mm. um, just as the EMS arrived, and they they put two IVs in me there to and give me some solution and stuff to kind of help with the, the mm. shock and things so you get to the hospital and <clears throat> they're the uh, they're they're wondering if you're gonna make it or not but yeah. you do but obviously you, <laughs> yeah. 
But you do, obviously, yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Interviewing you, <laughs> you have made it. <laughs> no, you it's are a, alive it's, today. But it, it is an incredible, in incredible story. Yeah, I mean, just the whole thing of kind of woke you up. Well, and then, that, right? yeah, and so my, so my question for you now is, one of the things that happened to you was you were really asking yourself, well, really, what is, what is the value of this life right now? Mm-hmm. What is, what does it matter? And what, what were those thought processes? I mean, you, you were so close to there not being an option for you to go forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, or anything, you could have been, you know, uh, uh, crippled or uh, so much of that stuff happens and you get your life flying in front of your eyes and and at some point you you come up with this thing like i gotta do something and and it led you to koz and can you tell us tell us how that came about what does that look like well you know i mean um immediately i i honestly didn't know if i was gonna make it and so many around at that day didn't think I was going to make it as well. And the look on my children's face as they were standing there as I got loaded up um, to be flown out, you know, it was, it was, it was terror in my life. Um, wow. And, you know, mm-hmm. laying in the hospital and thinking about that and where they might be without a father in their life and um, just a role model. And, you know, I, I immediately, you know, knew that there was other things that God had planned for me in my life. And this was a way that he was slowing me down trying to show me his path that he had planned for me and the passion that I have for the outdoors and how it all happened. I knew that I needed to do something with children that needed someone in their life and to be able to use the outdoors, which is something I'm passionate about to be able to go and do that. And that's when you went to, uh, you were at a men's conference and, uh, and that's one of the things that we do in KOZ is we go to these men's conferences and we speak and do workshops and set up tables and you went into the restroom and came back out and right there in front of you was the KOZ kids outdoor zone table and you, um, God spoke. That's Man. right. He, he put a beaming light down on the top of T.J. Granny's head, <laughs> and it blinded me so much that I had to walk towards it. Actually, it was a uh, he rented that light for fifty <laughs> bucks a day. Beep, beep, a, yeah, LED. Yeah, it was an LED. You can rent um, them. Uh, but you know, I mean, and honestly, um, you know, on the way to the the conference, um, I had a conversation with my dad about the way that I felt that God was leading me, what I needed to do. And, you know, and it just, it happened, you know, he opened Mm. all the doors that I needed to walk through and KOZ was the, the wall that I run into right there in the conference. Mm. You know, I mean, it was, it was awesome. Well, and, um, and since then you've been, how long has your group been operating? Um, a little over two years. And you've got how many guys are helping you usually four or five guys? Yeah, I've normally got about uh, five Five, men that, five men that are helping you. How many boys do you? This next coming month with three new boys coming in, I'll have 30 boys. So wow, a lot of fatherless boys, a lot of boys from the foster care system, and uh, and they're teaching these boys uh, outdoor skills, shooting, hunting, fishing, uh, pocket knives. I mean, everything right. is just an incredible How to deal. put a belt on and tuck your shirt in. <laughs> oh, man. That's a huge I, one. Gu- huh? I guarantee you that'll come up. Uh, anyway... 
we just wanted to share i just wanted to share that story it's an amazing story and there's going to be the we've got a video that tells that story that's going to come out in the next week or so so if the folks are paying attention then go to kidsoutdoorzone.com we have a youtube page there's a bunch of stories like this but lynn uh tv paul's precious little stories going to come up on there pretty soon and uh, one one real cool thing that's coming up in in our march meeting is that we are bringing back the helicopter that took me out of there oh, um, oh cool we're wow. be, the boys they're just going to land out there and the boys are going to mm-hmm. get to to see how survival um can really play out in in some of the most extreme moments and what that will to survive really means in their life oh baby yeah you got to cool. want to survive helicopters right? aviation i love it hey uh we'll wrap this thing up for this hour but we got a whole nother hour we've got game warden field notes we're trying to patch in a call from kenya all that and more you don't want to miss it uh your favorite segment's still up uh, peter report yeah that's still got to go but uh anyway it is the Outdoor Zone. We are live in the bunkhouse, 7 to 9 a.m. Sundays right here. Catch us 24-7 on our iCast, iPods. What are they called? Podcast. Uh, I, podcast. Podcast. Yeah. Uh, 24-7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com.